Hey lovelies, welcome to the Honestly Mia podcast with me, Mia. I'm so excited to hang out with you each week to share all the fun and not so fun topics of this journey called life, but I'm confident that we will heal, grow, laugh, cry if necessary to become unapologetically free in Christ. The beauty of it is we will do it together. So let's talk. Are you ready? I'm ready. Episode 53, Say Grace. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, It is 7.55 where I am. Um, Don't know the time of day for those of you that are listening, but I am sitting here with my favorite beverage ever, coffee. Um, How many of you guys like coffee is your thing? And not just your thing because you need the pick me up. Like I like the taste of it. I like what it represents. It's all about early rising. I mean, granted, we can drink coffee all day, but for me, it's that it's that morning routine that I just absolutely love. And um, so hopefully you will grab a cup of coffee as we talk. And that way it's almost like we're right here together. How are you guys doing? Um, we are now on 10,153 million day in a pandemic. Um, my hope and my prayer is that all of you guys are continuing to say to stay safe, follow the rules. I'm a rule girl for the most part. And just continuing to enjoy this moment as best as possible. And for anybody out there who hardship is a thing right now, I'm praying for you. Um, I hope that you know that God has not left you. He hasn't forgotten about you. And that's just not cute things to say. It's like the real deal. Okay. So, so this morning, I've talked about this before, like the, the podcast topics come sporadically, erratically, but intentionally all at the same time. So you ever, you ever sit around and maybe not just sitting still, but there are things that, that pop up in your head, um, that remind you of a truth or a comfort in something. Um, so my, my cousin posted something on Facebook the other day and it was like things that your, um, that your grandfather used to say, our grandfather, um, the one she's referring to is deceased, but, um, growing up in the country, lots of fun things that would be said. And so, um, it was nice to see everybody kind of comment on the things that they remember their grandfather used to say. And I think that that range true when it comes to biblical things as well. Cause think about it, a saying is typically, a a, a fun way of expressing the truth about something. So like for one of them, um, I think she put, um, that he used to say, um, you don't believe fat meat is greasy. And that's a true statement, right? But the, the, the interesting part about it is, is that it's, it's, it's explaining that you don't believe something that's so obviously true, right? And we do the same thing with, um, I don't want to call them church cliches because they're typically not untruths, but they are either a shortened version of a scripture 
or a a small snippet of a greater thought. Um, you know, when you say God is good, you know what's going to come after that and all the time. Um, those things like that. But there's one that I have found myself quoting and it's typically in a time of disarray or I'm frustrated or something has happened or I'm not pleased with the direction and I don't say the full scripture, but typically it's his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. And I almost sound robotic with it when I say it. Um, and I believe it to be true, but for some reason, the past couple of days, that scripture has just been swirling around. And I think the more, I'm going to be honest, the more I'm at home by myself, the more I'm having lots of fun times to reflect on everything, right? So for however many years that I've I've said that or I have quoted that, whether silently to myself or someone else, I don't think I ever, I mean, I knew where it came from in the Bible, but I don't think I ever really sat down to really research and read what that scripture is really saying. And so this morning, because you know what, there's, there's no other better morning than this morning, was to really sit with it and just kind of examine what it looks like for me and what I believe that it will look like for you. And that's one of the, the beautiful things about studying scripture. And I know I'm not, I'm not even sitting here like I got my whole life together. It is a challenge to sit still, right? And why is it a challenge? Because the enemy knows that the truth will set you free. The truth will calm you, give you peace, give you joy, give you revelation. And so every distraction that comes forward will keep you from spending that time. So just know um, that there isn't anything strange happening. That's just how the enemy works. And the interesting part is that the distractions aren't always bad thing. For those of you that have spouses, have children, have jobs, have things, caring for parents, um, you've you've obligated yourself to different causes or whatever the case is. It's not like the distractions have to be bad distractions, but they're a distraction nonetheless. And I think that it's even more um, important for all of us to find time in the middle of those good things, right? Because they're what, that is what's going to sustain you to continue to do those things well. Being a great mom, cooking those meals several times a day for those of you who are at home with your children right now. I hear all my friends talk about being a short order cook, like child comes in. I want bacon. You're cooking bacon. Anyway, we won't go down there, but I'm praying for all of you guys who are doing the most at home. Um, but you want to be able to do those things well and continue when to like fill your mind with those things from up above is the only way to really get the energy and, and build the stamina that you need. And don't get me wrong, you know, exercising is great. Um, eating well is great. All the self-care things are great. And they are very awesome in the temporary but they're not the things that will sustain you in time of crisis and trauma and chaos and all of that. But so for those of you who may be listening, who may not be as familiar with the scripture, um, I'll start there first. And then that way we can kind of talk through it and how 
you know, it's it's really been a, a thing for me today. So the scripture, the, the grace is sufficient, comes from 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. But there's a little bit more of the subject matter that you need to hear before we get to that one. So Paul is speaking, and I think any of you, uh, most of you know who, who that fella is. Um, but he's talking about like some really crappy times. And I use the word crappy, um, because let's just be real. That's how we feel. That is more of a this century word, but stuff just is not going as planned. Right. And that happens to us all where we, and, and again, I'm, I'm not saying that this is what the text is talking about, but for me, cause I can speak from my experience is that, you feel like, you know, you're kind of moving along in life the way you feel like, you know, God has wanted you to and you are spending that time and whatever. And and for me, I have always felt like, well, I'm safe, right? As long as I stay right here, trouble won't come, hardships won't come, things won't challenge me or test me and I can just coast along. But what fun is that? And I'm being so... um. Yeah, I'm, I'm not fun. But you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, so why am I experiencing this? I, Lord, I have been praying and I have been going to church every Sunday and I'm opening up my Bible. So why is it that I'm having like marital problems? Or Lord, you know, I am a, a, a tither and I'm a giver. So how is it that I lost my job and now I am like back up against the wall? And I believe wholeheartedly that, you know, we, we know the story of Paul. His life changed. He was living for Christ. He was preaching the good news. And here he is in a place where he is like in a tough spot. So, so let me read it to you so you can know what I'm talking about in case you don't. So let's start in, um, hmm, where would I like to start? Let's start at six. We'll go from six to 10, but remember the key scripture that we are referring to is nine and I will call them out so you'll know where I am. So verse six, even I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. Verse seven, or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Verse eight, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. Sorry, I went into verse nine. Verse nine, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Verse 10, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties for when I am weak, then I am strong. So that would be hard for a new believer to understand, right? Because if you're listening to it with just that, that first ear, meaning first pass, you heard it 
and you're like, whoa, it's like, okay, so am I supposed to be happy about all the crap <laughs> that I'm experiencing? Am I supposed to like walk around and just, you know, high five my troubles? Ah, not quite in that regard, but a couple of things, understanding that even in the midst of the foolery, right? You know, kids going crazy, issues in your household, at your job, with your friends, with your family. God is enough, is enough to cover you, guide you, lead you, love you, hold you, speak to you, direct you. I mean, you can put whatever word you want in there. And that doesn't mean that what you're experiencing isn't real. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't feel icky or whatever the case is, but it is like God has enough power, enough authority, enough um, enough care and concern. His favor is still very real to handle you in the midst of all of that and not move you at the same time. And it's interesting to me because I think about in my own life, like there are some things that I'm like, God, like I have been praying on end about them happening this way. And I was reading an article, might've been by Andrew Womack, not a hundred percent sure, but he, he mentioned that, um, that one of the challenges with, <clears throat> excuse me, with, with <laughs> scriptures like this is that people can walk away feeling as if God can't heal, won't heal, and all of that. And it's so much bigger than that because it's not so much about what he he can or can't do, but man, what are, what are we gleaning from in the middle of this, right? So um, I may have, I think I may have talked about it before about, um, about having an abortion and how you know, we, we all know why that wasn't a thing, right? I don't think I have to sit here and explain the fact that I know that that was not what the Lord would have wanted me to do, but it happened anyway, right? And it's interesting to me when I think about the events that kind of led up to it and the decision that was made to do it and how the, the how can I put it? I almost didn't, but I did. And for the longest time, like, I'm like, God, like, take this feeling away, take this and not just about the guilt, right? Because the guilt is very real. And I'm so grateful when he, you know, allowed me to walk away from that or I well, let me rephrase that. I gave it to him like truly. And he spoke some amazing things to me about five years ago about just letting that go. But nonetheless, it happened. He can't, not that he can't, we're not going back and changing the fact that it happened. I mean, it is something, it is a decision that I sit with. It is, it is a decision that, you know, I have come to grips with, but it's also something that has caused me to reach people in a way that I may have not ever been able to reach them. And am I proud to talk about it? No, because we know what the implications are, right? And that's reality. But at the same time, I am grateful that 
I was able to walk through that still in right mind. And I was able to forgive myself as the Lord forgave me and also give people more of what that looks like to go through it. Because so often in church and, you know, this gets a little sticky, you know, it's so easy for us to pretend that we haven't walked through a season, right? That we haven't you know, made some horrible mistakes or we haven't, you know, sinned in a way that will be looked frowned upon or still may be sinning, whatever the case is. And that isn't to excuse it by no mean, but it's real. It's what happens. This is why, you know, we have to be on our face every day to, to ensure that we are walking the right walk as best as possible. But there are so many things that people are sitting right in our churches hurting from, not being delivered from, not being healed from. And it's because there's not enough people willing to say, I was where you were. Like, and God's grace is sufficient. So everything about what you're experiencing, you're not alone. It's not new. You're not the only one. But man, until enough of us, and trust me, there's still probably a million things that I need to raise my hand and say whatever, or, I, or I'm ashamed to tell people that I'm still struggling with, let's say, emotional eating, because I talked about that like a podcast ago. But there's so much um, deliverance in just being willing to say, this is my journey, and knowing that God still loves you anyway. And that he has given you everything you need to pull through, right? So that's just one one example. But when I I um I think about the struggles, right? And and Paul had a struggle. I have a struggle, had a struggle, will have a struggle, and so will you. And you think about what can I do or how should I feel in the midst of the of the struggles? And you insert whatever struggle it is. You insert whatever thing that you're like, okay, Lord, this is a situation and I'm in it and it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight. You know, show me how I can be used in this moment. Show me what it is I need to do in this moment to overcome me, right? Because I think about, man, y'all, this could go on it forever for me. I think about you know, how will we wait and how will we wait looks different based on our surrendering. So when I think about, you know, and I've told you guys before, you know, kind of what life looked like when I was going through my separation, on one hand, I'm believing that the Lord was going to restore my marriage and that it was all going to come together in these great things. And it was so important and it wasn't truly, it wasn't because of me. Like we know that that's the truth. But just spent, starting to spend a little time with God began to increase an appetite. And then next thing I knew, I was living a whole life while I was waiting that was full and that was meaningful. And that was a moment where God's grace is sufficient. Like he gave me a different lens about my life in the middle of a struggle that I wouldn't have never had had I not surrendered even a little bit. And we think that it has to be this grand something. It can be as easily as Lord. I don't know where to start. I just know that this is not (laughs) 
where I want to be. I don't like it. I'm not feeling the best. I'm not allowing myself to, to, to move forward, whatever, however you want to start a simple prayer, a simple scripture, a simple podcast or whatever the case is to show, okay, I'm committed and come back to it every day. Okay, fine. Two days pass. Well, then on the third day you come back, right? We know a lot of things happen on the third day. Little Christian joke there. Um, but you come back to it, you don't give up and you will begin to see a transformation like no other. And then you look around and your problem is no longer at the forefront. It may be in the backdrop. I still, you know, went through three years of separation, but man, what happened during that time? Like, you know, I tell people if I had to go back and do it all over again, I don't think that there's much that I would change because what I gained from it, I couldn't have I couldn't have written that page in a book any better. And I know it probably sounds funny, like who wants to endure that? But what happened during that time, it's it almost well, not it almost, it covered the pain and the hurt and the whatever. So Something that, I, that that just brings it all together for me, there was a, um, and I didn't write down who said it, but I found something that says grace means that you can quit feeling inadequate. You're not perfect and you'll never be in this life. You need God's grace to think of your life, your circumstances, and everything around. So, and I may have like cut it off a little bit. But nonetheless, I love that when it says you can stop feeling inadequate. That's what grace is. Because we can go down the list of this isn't right. This isn't right. Why am I here? Why am I this? And when you think about grace, the free and unmerited favor of God, sit with that. What does that say? To me, sit with that. What does that say to me? right? It says that no matter what, no matter what, God's grace is sufficient. And I was reading something else. Y'all know I like to read. For those of you who know me intimately, you know I do. And I was reading even more of a breakdown of this of this scripture. So if that quote didn't quite grab your attention, let's let's talk about it this way. It says, sufferings and trials are often ordained by the Lord for us that we may experience Christ as grace and power. Hence, in spite of the apostles entreating, talking about Paul, the Lord would not remove the thorn from the apostle. For the sufficiency of the Lord's grace to be magnified, our sufferings are required. For the sufficiency of the Lord's grace to be magnified, our sufferings are required. Think about some of those cliches. Girl, you don't look like what you've been through. Isn't that something? Like when you really think about that and how it applies here, like God can keep you walking down the street with your head held high and a million of problems that you left at the back door of your home. Isn't that amazing that you can sit with a friend or a coworker and they tell you all the stuff that they encountered or may still be encountering and they look like they've had 10 hours of sleep, a facial, a massage, you know, the best meal ever. And you're looking at them and you're like, OMG, 
Isn't that amazing when you break it down and you look at it that way and you understand how true the word is about things that we say so commonly, but man, there's a whole power of the word and the whole power of God behind those things that we say so, so freely. So let me keep reading. Our suffering for the sufficiency of the Lord's grace to be magnified. Our sufferings are required for the perfectness of the Lord's power to be shown forth. Our weakness is needed. Hmm. So you hit another one, you know, um, where I'm weak, he is made strong because to me, a raising hand self will get you in trouble. Self will tell you, I got this. I have the willpower and I have the this and all I have to do is this. You ever been in that place where you have like 10 mantras of what you're going to do and there's no supernatural power behind it and you're like, really? So let's talk about losing weight. If I do this, if I do that and you, I mean, you may see some movement, but the sustainability of it has to come from the Lord and the Lord has to be the, the entity to push forward your willingness to stay on course, right? He is the sustainer of all things and you can't do it outside of him. And the world will have us fool. Oh my God, the world will have us fool. Like if only we had a million dollars and it's funny, I remember watching some kind of random moment. I remember watching um, this girl on um, Inyala Fix My Life or whatever. She had gotten a $20 million or $30 million. I don't know. It might have been more than that, like um, lottery thing, right? Um, it had to have been more than that. So anyway, and she was, again, you can have all the money, but if there's not any type of transformation in your thinking, it won't even matter. So here she was. My God, okay. It was, I think it was $100 million. Sorry, y'all. Because $20 million of it she spent to keep her boyfriend out of prison. $20 million on someone who, and we got to meet him in the show, who was not, I don't want to say worthy because people are worthy, but her investment should have been somewhere else. And as she going through all these things and all the stuff she's bought and you see how she's living and you're like, man, right? And we're very easy to say, well, if I had that, no, because what happens, the enemy will still use those things to show you a better way that's not to be in line with Christ. And so here you are thinking that you have all these things. And trust me, it doesn't even have to be a hundred million dollars. Here you are thinking that if only I had a husband, if only I had a baby, if only I had that promotion, if only I had this, And then you get that because your reasons for it are not aligned with with how God wants you to see it. You you get it and you're like, I was that same way. I would feel whole if I got married. Okay, I got married. Never felt less whole in my life, right? Because that was a false sense of wholeness. And so if we're not checking that, then it would be easy to say, okay, if these situations were fixed, if this was different. But anyway, I digress. It goes on to say, hence the apostle would most gladly boast in his weakness that the power of Christ might tabernacle over him. Grace is the supply and power is the strength, the ability of grace. And we can go on. But 
man, like I, the relationship with God deepens when you truly have a dependency upon him. You feel warm and covered and loved intently and without there being a surrender and typically, and I hate to say it, but God is so true without there being an issue or a drama. I think I remember hearing a sermon about um, pain drives purpose. And we don't like hearing that because in our mind, God should just make it all right, right? We should just come out whatever. But when I think about it's not until um, my back is up against the wall, do I really stop and say, okay, let's recalibrate this situation here. Let me draw in. Let me experience how big God is in that, you know, his timing is not my timing and things may change and may be different at an appointed time. But man, God, I want you to speak to the very essence of my being. I want to be able to sit. Like how beautiful is that to sit in the in the in the emptiness of what this world can bring and then you're like I have everything. One of my favorite songs, I think I quoted it and we're going to wrap this up cuz cha we approaching 30 minutes. Um is My Everything by Brianna Babineau and she talks about and again like if I lost everything, I'd have everything. So when you think about that and you think about the scripture and you really understand grace and the sufficiency of it that you can or have or may or will lose everything, but you'll still have everything as long as you're connected to our everything, which simply put is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ who came and you already know the rest, right? So I hope that as you listen to this, you begin to really meditate on the sufficiency and what does sufficiency mean, right? Sufficiency is enough, an adequate amount. And adequate means not without, right? It means everything. It's all interconnected. So the next time you quote it, Hopefully this will like allow you to walk boldly in it because God's grace is sufficient. Thank you guys for spending all this amazing time with me. I'm hoping that you are having the most fabulous of mornings and that you're out there getting some sun, hanging with friends and family, doing what you need to do to stay safe and whole in this moment. I would love to hear from you. As always, you can always drop me a line wherever you're listening or send me an email to honestlymia at aol.com. But until next time, peeps, have a great day on purpose.